0: Welcome to the Soulful Summit podcast, a journey to your higher self. I'm your host, Haley Peel, a life coach and pharmacist, where I will help you elevate your self-care, reclaim your energy, and align with your true north. We will chat about holistic living, adventure, raising your energetic vibration, and how to connect with your higher self. Let's dive in. I believe life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. I believe in this discomfort and life's obstacles, we can find meaning and experience transformation. Eight years ago, I walked into the Grand Canyon for a 42 mile through hike and 28 hours later, emerged with swollen, blistered feet, a broken spirit and a fear of living adventurously. Ultimately, this experience woke me up and inspired me to run an Ironman, climbed 18,000 feet in the Himalayas, and returned to the 42-mile Grand Canyon Rim-to-Rim-to-Rim hike. While I chased the next adventure, I yearned for that feeling of aliveness in daily life. I'm learning that aliveness feeling can be felt every day, not just on a mountaintop. I believe there is an inner adventurer within all of us, and that is why I wanted to create a show called Every Day is an Adventure. This show is about how difficult outdoor experiences cultivate resilience and build inner strength and mindfulness to help us live our best life. It's about how outdoor adventure challenges teach us to overcome obstacles in our daily lives and how they cultivate presence. It's choosing to see these challenges as opportunities and allowing ourselves the space for introspection and transformation. It's finding a balance between stretching ourselves and being content and truly present each day. I want to empower you to awaken your inner adventurer, and every week I will share adventures of my own and others to help you step into your own adventure-inspired life. We'll talk about ways to find that balance of stretching yourself to reach new potential, but also being more present and content every day. This is a space created to encourage and inspire you and to offer actionable tips each week to help you awaken your inner adventurer. My name is Haley Peel and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to episode 14 of Every Day is an Adventure. In this episode, I share my Ironman Cosmel race experience and the ups and downs of race day. I love the definition of a triathlete, which is a person who doesn't understand that one sport is enough. And in the words of Pete Jacobs, if your dreams don't scare you, they aren't big enough. Let's get started. So I remember watching Iron Man Kona in Hawaii on TV when I was in high school and thinking, oh my gosh, this is insane. Like I would never be able to do that. And also why would anyone actually choose to do this? It's, A swim of 2.4 miles in the ocean, cycling 112 miles, and then just like tack on a marathon at the end, 26.2. I feel like you had to be superhuman or something to complete this. But fast forward to February 2014, I'm about eight months after my kind of scary first Grand Canyon experience, and I'm in a mental space of like, okay, I'm ready to challenge myself, ready to get outside my comfort zone. And I'm in Ure, Colorado, ice climbing with some friends and seriously considering signing up for an Ironman. My triathlon experience up to that point only consisted of three sprint triathlons, only one of which being an open water swim, which I would consider a fairly disastrous experience. So like in that race... As soon as I submerged my head in the lake, I started hyperventilating. I flipped over, swam backstroke, and then alternated between that and breaststroke for 400 meters. But the thought of accomplishing such an endeavor of as the Ironman, like the process of it, the dedication, the challenge, and if I'm being honest, yeah, the, the glory and just like general badassity that would come with that was an intoxicating thought. It was also really scary for me. So at the urging of friends and kind of on a dare, I decided to go for it. I remember being in the airport in Montrose, Colorado and paid for this like very costly entrance fee on my iPhone. And I was like, okay, like I'm doing this. I felt this like surge of energy, like, yes. When I got back home to Nashville, the like realization and panic began to set in. Like, what am I doing? I have no idea how to do this. I've never even ran a marathon before. Like, what am I doing? But I knew I needed a coach and a training plan and I needed them fast because the race was in November of that year. So I found a coach and he talked with me, worked with me to get an iron, an Ironman plan out. We had races, we had training things, training schedules, we had nutrition, and he really helped me through the whole process of transitions and like learning from his experience. It was super helpful. So he got me to the starting line of that Ironman that I'd signed up for, which is in Cozumel. So on November 2014, I'm in Cozumel, Mexico, and I'm about to run this race. It's 140.6 miles of swim, bike, run, all in less than 17 hours. And my goal was to do it in 13 to 14, kind of based off of my training, how I had been training with my speed and, and whatnot. And so I've been training since March and competed in two half Ironmans, two Olympic distances, I had ridden the farthest I had ever ridden before, 120 miles, mostly in the rain, and ran the farthest I had ever run before, which was 18 miles. I battled plantar fasciitis, but I discovered these shoes called Hoka One Ones, which are goofy looking moon shoes with a lot of cushion, and they saved they saved my feet. I would not have been able to continue training or run the race otherwise. I learned how to change a flat tire on my bike and the importance of staying hydrated and maintaining appropriate salt intake. Like I slept profusely. So I, that was really something that I had to learn to kind of tweak. And I learned how to ride a triathlon bike. Like it's really difficult at first for me, like very unsteady like learning how to change the gears and whatnot. So that was definitely quite a learning experience, but seven thirty AM on November 30th, I I'm getting ready. I'm at the starting line of this Ironman and we're ready to enter the ocean, which was like a huge relief because I was about to be on myself in the starting line. But the energy like at the starting line was really intoxicating, like the music, the people, the triathletes. I was a little nervous, but like not terribly. I've been training for the past nine months and was ready to execute my game plan. And so the horn went off, and so did my swim cap group. It was like a rolling start. We had 100% visibility in the ocean, and the salt water made us more buoyant. So the current can be really strong in Cozumel. So thankfully for this race, we were swimming a point-to-point with the current. And I'm not an extremely fast or extremely slow swimmer. I'm kind of in the middle. So I just kind of settled into my stroke count and just enjoyed the view. I just... Focus on where I was in the moment and just stroked and kicked and kept moving forward. The ocean was about 25 to 30 feet deep and the view was absolutely stunning. Like there were so many people that I didn't see any fish during the race, but I love being able to see like the visibility. It was like way more entertaining than the murky lake water where I did my training. At some point during the swim though, the current changed directions and suddenly I was swimming upstream. And a local had kind of forewarned me about this possibility, so I was mentally prepared for it. She was like, just keep moving your arms, keep kicking your feet, even if it feels like you're not making any forward progress, like you are. Just keep moving. Don't just like stop. And eventually, the current did switch directions again, and I was swimming with the current once more. And after about an hour and 15 minutes, I exited the ocean. I got through my transition one, and I was off to the bike ride. I saw my friend Michelle in transition one and I cannot tell you how encouraging it is to see like a smiling familiar face in this event. It just does absolutely like wonders for the psyche. And so I would definitely recommend not competing in Ironman without a support crew. It helps also too if they compete in triathlons just because they understand the race and can give advice, but it's not necessary but your support crew helps with logistics before and during the race and most importantly they create these awesome motivating signs to cheer you on i think my favorite sign that i saw was smile if you just peed yourself so cycling is by far my strongest discipline of the three swim bike run i had a pretty strong swim and i was confident heading into the bike i knew my nutrition plan and was ready to just hammer out this solid bike ride and my goals for the bike were to make sure I fueled appropriately, stayed hydrated, ate, cycle at a steady pace, but conserve energy for the upcoming marathon at the very end. But Cozumel and the Cosmos had other plans for me that day. I should also mention that I had never swam ever in salt water until this race. And I was so dehydrated out of the swim that I drank all three of my water bottles, which contain Gatorade and other energy drinks, um, and in one hour instead of over three. So my goal was to have like one bottle an hour, but I was so thirsty. I just, I drank them all very quickly. And I also continued with my food plan, which was like a combination of Pop-Tarts and Fig Newtons. So essentially I was consuming way more calories than I should have been, which would later come back to haunt me. So the bike course was fairly flat with a slight uphill on this like 10 mile stretch of the back side of the island and this is where the wind was like wicked strong I mean cyclists you could see like they were leaning into the wind so as not to like tip over and you know fortunately we were all able to experience that extreme wind not once, not twice but three times that day because it was a three loop course and While the wind was not appealing, like, I personally prefer hills over wind any day. Like, it was absolutely gorgeous. The ocean waves crashing down on the rocks were just incredible to see. But on the bike around mile 55, I started to feel nauseous. Like, I was almost to, they have this thing called a special needs station on the bike. This is where you can access your like special needs bag full of goodies. Like I had Snickers bar, frozen coke, sunscreen, whatever you need, you can put in this bag. But like the waves of nausea intensified. I found a spot in this in the shade, sat down, tried to eat some more, tried to drink, because I knew I had to like maintain my nutrition. I didn't realize until after the race like where I had where I had gone wrong. Basically my body could not absorb the calories I was consuming quickly enough. I just I just knew I needed to eat well on the bike so I didn't bonk on the run. Again, it was like a very big learning experience for me, but I felt really bad at this point. I peed on myself again. So like it's pretty common to pee on yourself in these long Ironman events at least For a lot of people especially during the bike ride and I would never have finished the bike if I had to stop every time I had to pee but I was starting to doubt myself at this point like I had a long ways to go and I felt absolutely miserable and after about 30 minutes at the aid station which was way too long I got back on the bike and slowly pedaled away like my pace slowed significantly I saw Michelle in town cheering me on, but she could tell something was off. Like, you could read it on my face. I pedaled through the town, stopped at another aid station, and I was feeling much worse. Like, at this point, I thought about asking for help. Like, there were a ton of people. We were in Mexico, and the little kids, like, were working the aid station, Um, we're like running around, like giving out water bottles and things. And I was like, I I don't know. I just like, I decided to keep moving forward. Cyclists were passing me by the crowds were thinning out as it got later in the day. And I still had most of my third lap to go on the bike ride. And the sun was getting, was starting to set. I felt so bad. I wanted to just like stop on the side of the road and just like sit and let somebody pick me up. Like I really considered quitting. I wasn't sure if I could keep going. And then so I'm just, like slowly moving ar- along and I like had to st- like stop immediately on the side of the road is about mile 88 of the bike course and projectile vomited over the front of my bike. Like it was seriously impressive velocity. I, I have to say, um, yeah, just completely let it all, go- let it all go. But two positives came from this. One is I felt immensely better. Oh my gosh, like so much better. And number two was that I vomited just before heading into like the really windy section of the course. So like, this was a good thing here, but I still had about 20 miles to go on the bike, but at least I wasn't nauseous anymore. I started like that internal dialogue. I was asking myself like, why am I doing this? This is so painful. I had at this point, I had lost a ton of time on the bike and I wasn't sure if I would even have the strength to complete the run or even make it out of transition two. I just had to keep telling myself like, keep pedaling, get to the run tent. And then I would decide if I could go on or not. I was also like very close to not making the cutoff time to even continue the race. So, in addition to like coaxing my mind and body to keep moving, I was racing the clock at this point because they would, they pull you if you don't make the cutoff. So after eight and a half hours on the bike, which was like my slowest time ever, I finally rolled into into transition two. I handed my bike off to the, off to the volunteers and I was kind of like, yeah, be careful where you touch the bike. Like I peed all over this thing and I made my way into the run tent. I slowly changed clothes, gathered my thoughts and was like, wow, this is like really tough. Let me see if I can run. Like, let me just see if I can do it. So I exited the run tent and I hear all of the fast folks of the Ironman finishing their race. Like the run tent was strategically located right next to the finish line, but I began jogging and I I felt pretty strong. So all of that training really does seem to work. My, my run plan was simply to jog to each aid station and then walk through the aid station to refuel. And each aid station was about a mile apart. There were a ton of still athletes on the course at this point, in addition to a large cheering crowd. So again, this like is huge for the psyche and Michelle, my friend, cheered me on the whole way. I actually kept a pretty steady pace for about 20 miles And then I hit the proverbial wall. Like, I knew it was coming at some point. I was just hoping it was a little bit closer to that 26 mile marker. I threw up again, then peed on myself. And I really didn't think anything of it, except like it stung around my ankle, which was awesome. Like, the Velcro on my timing chip was like rubbing a sore spot on my ankle. But at this point, like, I was way too tired to care about this. So hitting the wall, at least to me, felt like a Mack truck just ran me over. It's like this bizarre feeling. Like Here I was just jogging along, feeling pretty decent, and then like wham, it was incredibly difficult to keep moving. Every step, shuffle, or slight jog required a significant amount of effort. So instead of every aid station, my goal was just to reach that fire hydrant or that cone or that bench. The run was a three-loop course, and the turnaround was also strategically located by the finish line. So talk about emotional for me. Like, each loop that I had to go back out on the run course, I was one step closer to those words. Those ro- those words that would induct me into Ironman status. So my friend took my picture at mile 25, one mile from the finish line, 1.2, so I could remember that moment. Like, the sun had long set. It was dark. We were well into the night. The course was thinning. Like, more and more folks were finishing. But I, like, told myself, okay, suck it up, Peel. You are almost there. So as I rounded that last loop into the finish line quarter, quarter like, my energy came back. Like, the crowd, like, is amazing. Like, the crowd gave me that final spark of energy I needed to propel me through to the finish line. And as I crossed the finish line, I ha- I heard those words from Nashville, Tennessee, Haley Peel, you are an Ironman. I thought, hallelujah, holy shit, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> so like lights were flashing as I crossed the finish line. Someone draped my finisher medal around my neck. I was feeling nauseous again. I made my way like slowly into the finisher tent and sat down. I could not move. Like I just felt so heavy, like I could not move my legs. Someone handed me a pizza, a slice of pizza and a Coke. I slowly slipped on the Coke. I, I just sat there in like disbelief. I could not believe it. It was very surreal. Just the whole day, the whole experience. And like, I just sat there like unmoving, trying to process the day. And only like competitors and volunteers could be in the tent. So like Michelle had to wait outside the gate. And so I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I don't know if I can stand up. I really don't know if I can stand up. Um, So I, but I was just like, well, I'm just going to see if I can. Somebody, and before this, like somebody looked over at me and was like, you did it. You're an Iron Man!" And I almost broke down into tears. Like I did not expect to be so emotional at this point. My legs like felt like concrete, but I decided to attempt to stand up because it was like, okay, I either stand up and keep walking Or I collapse and they give me a saline IV. I don't know. (laughs) So, but fortunately I did keep walking. I collected myself, exited the gate and saw Michelle, gave her a huge, a huge hug and just started crying. Like let it all out. Again, it just felt so surreal. My final time was 15 hours and 28 minutes and I just, I still kind of get chills like thinking about it because I just it was such a cool experience it was an incredible journey and just like the months of training like the camaraderie like the race day like the process along the way like the finish line I could not have asked for a better experience like things didn't go completely smoothly at all Um, I did not meet my goal time but that's okay like I still crossed the finish line I had a ton of moments of doubt throughout the whole journey, like even well before the race, but I pushed myself out of my comfort zone and completed my first Ironman. A day or two after the race, we were driving around the island and we saw two guys on the side of the road with this huge Brahma bull. And as we got closer, I was like, is this a real bull or is this fake? But once we pulled right up to him and he blinked his eyes, Michelle pulled over and was like, you have to get a picture on this bull with your Iron Man medal. And I was like, yes. And then it was like, wow, this is a really large bull that is either really old or maybe slightly sedated. But I got up on the bull and literally grabbed this bull by the horns, which I feel like is a metaphor for life. So let's get out there, get out of our comfort zone and grab life by the horns. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. Here are the takeaways. Number one, put something on the calendar that scares you, that gets you out of your comfort zone. Number two, know your why. Your why statement helps you get aligned and moving forward to your goal and helps you weather the ups and downs. Number three, when the current changes directions, keep swimming and kicking. Even if it feels like you're not making progress, you are. Number four, Take what's before you in bite-sized chunks. When you feel like you've been hit by a Mack truck, just get to that next cone or that next bench. Number five, sometimes to give yourself that encouragement, just tell yourself, let's just see how it goes. Number six, grab life by the horns. And number seven, I'll end with this try quote. A journey of 140.6 miles begins with a decision to try. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I want you to know that I'm here to support you. So if there's a question you have or a way I can support you, please feel free to DM me on Instagram at Haley's Comments 310 or connect with me at Haley's I'll be sharing episodes twice a week and I'm excited to connect with you. I'm also hosting a free virtual webinar called Unleash Your Inner Strength on October 5th at 7pm Central. I'm really excited to share with you three tips on how to move through anxiety and fear and unleash your inner strength. Check check out the link in the show notes to sign up for the free webinar. I'll talk to you soon. As a busy woman in the corporate world, I experienced success in the traditional sense. A good job, a house, friends and family, my dog Fitzroy. I had a lot to be grateful for, yet something still felt off. I felt like I was just going through the motions without any real sense of purpose or fulfillment. I struggled to find work life balance. I felt like I was always on the go, juggling multiple responsibilities. I had lost touch with who I really am and what truly makes me happy. I was living on autopilot. What do you do if you feel overwhelmed and exhausted all the time, like you're constantly running on empty? What do you do if you can't seem to switch off and just relax? Even when you do have downtime, your mind is still racing with work and family worries. If you feel this way, you're not alone. And this is completely normal. It's why I designed a quiz to help busy, successful career women in their thirties and forties who feel their life force is being drained, prioritize their self-care and reclaim their energy by knowing their unique self-care style. When you finish the quiz, you get your tailor-made results sent directly to your inbox Just click the link in the podcast show notes to take your free quiz to find out what is your unique self-care style.